about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 291 That's 291, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah, and on the other end of the line, from Ward 36, on four drips with three broken legs, <laughs> and just a, a plethora of life-threatening injuries and illnesses and diseases, are you there, Mr. Liam Keane? I'm alive, baby. Hey! I'm still hey! here. You can't get rid of me that easily. He's alive. Come on, I won't, I won't get anywhere that easily. Come on, I know, I know you would love to, but no. Oh, no mate. chance. I'd be. I, I didn't know. I, didn't, I wouldn't know where to go. I wouldn't know what to do <laughs> without without you by my side. Um, so so look, I mean, last last week, I was in Vegas happily gambling my life away. You were you were at home chilling out, relaxed, looking forward to. To um to Chelsea and then all of a sudden, absolute pandemonium. Can you can you just obviously not too long because you know we've only got an hour for this podcast. But um, <laughs> can you can you give us um a chronological order of, of events that that meant that saw you you know basically on on life support? <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I try not to drag on too much because it's a little bit long. But yeah, um, and it's... you have played played it with a. With a few tweets and a few, well, few things and stuff you like know, that, whatever. You I like know. to keep everyone updated. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> all. That's all it was about. So what happened? We, we, you close the laptop. You turn the microphone off. The podcast's going out. What, what's going on? Well, the first thing, actually, I don't think I've told you this, but um, I was actually already not feeling great when we recorded the podcast. So we recorded well, Many people Wednesday. say that when they hear my voice. Man, yeah, well, exactly. Like, I, I didn't want to, you know me, I'm a martyr. I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring attention to it. You'd, um, you, you weren't feeling well. You were, you were coughing, coughing and spluttering. And uh, so I, like, I wanted you to have the attention because um, <laughs> I, I didn't want it, I didn't want it on me. No, um, yeah, I'd already basically had these sort of abdominal pains and Wednesday wasn't too bad it was okay but I'd had it before maybe like three years ago and it went within the first 24 hours so I thought oh, it's just gonna go it'll be nothing mm. wake up Thursday morning still got it I go into a drive over to Wolverhampton I'm in the office yeah. all of a sudden so presser presser yeah day, presser day exactly my, my my colleagues are um without me bringing it up I promise they were already asking me are you sure you're okay because I I did not look well, mate. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like the Walking Dead. Um, yeah, I was very pale, like shivering, this awful, awful pain. Oh, and it just got worse during the day. And then by the, by the afternoon, I just, uh, I was like keeling over. <laughs> I was writhing. In, I was writhing in pain. Um, ended up going to hospital in Wolverhampton. I, um, they, oh, no. I know, I know. They, um, they sent me home and said... It's either nothing or the early stages of appendicitis. So that was a great start. Oh. Um, and sent me home to say, if I throw up, come back. But if not, there's nothing we can do for you. So I was like, right. <laughs> if you throw up, come right. back. Uh, I'm off then. So um, Rosie was, this whole time as well, Rosie was away with, with family down in Cornwall. So she, oh, she was no. gone. So I went home, went and saw my mom as you do. She so got me some dinner. Um, went back to mine, went to sleep. And that's where it took, all took a big turn, oh, <laughs> unfortunately. No. 
night, is it? Thursday night, yeah. So I woke up, I went to bed like 10 ish. Um, was, I was so unwell lying in bed on my own. I was just like, this is awful. But I thought, right, I'll get through to the morning. I'll hopefully I'll be okay. Mm. Um, woke up two hours later, about midnight, and just threw up everywhere. Um, tried to sleep, couldn't, and I was just in absolute agony. I, honestly, I don't want to be dramatic, but I've never, I've never been in hospital, never had health problems before, and I've yeah. never felt a pain like that. I swear to God, it was that bad. Um, so I had to get myself to uh, to hospital back in Warwick, and I did. Got over there. I um, tried ringing everyone to get myself a lift, and everyone was asleep because <laughs> it was about <laughs> it was about half two, three in the morning at this point. <laughs> um, and the only person, well, in fact, the first person to message and uh, have contact with me was you (laughs) (laughs) because because of the time difference you're the only one who you were the only one who was awake so I messaged you to say back in hospital (laughs) not good Um, but you know to 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 the the staff's credit they were absolutely brilliant they they took me through A&E really quickly I was on a drip really quickly Um, liquids paracetamol and then by the way the morphine, unbelievable! Oh, mate, morphine is fantastic, incredible. I mean, I was in that oh, much, great. I was in that much pain that they had to give me all of it. And the morphine was brilliant. The first time I've ever had it, I had it intravenously, and it was superb. It's just, uh, you just don't feel a thing. You feel great. I mean, all these, all these birds who talk about childbirth, it's fine. They got a bit of morphine. It's like easy. It's no problem, is it? Yeah, man, nice and easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, from then really, it was just a case of just having loads of tests. I mean, I. X-rays, CT scans, blood Bloody tests, hell, the, whole, the really? whole lot. Had the whole lot. Did you go yeah. for one of those chambers. Yeah, did the whole lot. It was, um, it was. Oh yeah, because they, they. Luckily, I was admitted onto a ward, so I was uh, able to go and have a bed and try and get a few hours sleep. But yeah, the, the painkillers helped. And then, what was um, the crack? Then? What was the crack? <laughs> after all that, they came back to me and said because they, they were worried it was either appendicitis or a problem with the kidney. Either of, them, either of them doesn't sound great. And I was like, right, this is this is going to be brilliant, isn't it? This is I thought this was going to be weeks on the sidelines. I was going to be out of jiu-jitsu training. I was going to be out of the Wolves beat for a while. But luckily, no. They came back to me uh, Friday evening and said, CT scan's all good. There's no problems with appendix, no problems with the kidney. The only thing we can think of as what it is is swollen glands and a viral infection. I was like, right. I was like, right then. I mean, uh, it sounds bizarre because you feel like it's a bit more serious. I mean... It's serious, but do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it's more than a viral infection. I know. Well, it must have been a bad one. But also, look, I, I'm not... I mean, look, the, the staff are brilliant, but I'm not massively convinced. Because as I said, I did have this pain about two or three years ago. And it was the exact same pain, but it just went within 24 hours. Mm. So I'm a little bit worried that in a couple of years I might be back in hospital, <laughs> back in hospital <laughs> again. Um, but the good news is... I'm all good. I had bed rest for several days. I stayed at my mum's the whole time. I was just on the sofa and in bed all day. And um, antibiotics, paracetamol, the whole lot. And um, I'm not 100, percent but I'm a hell of no. a lot better. I'm a hell of a lot better than I was. So I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm I'm happy to get back into work. And most importantly, is your appetite return? I saw those two pizza boxes at the press conference today. So did you um, did you have a little a little slice or four? Well, it was well. It won't be a surprise to you that throughout this whole thing, my appetite never left me. Of course, it didn't. Of course, it didn't. You know me of by now. Of course, it didn't. Now, the only thing that did happen, which and you know how much I like my food, so you can imagine how painful this was. The whole time I was in hospital, I wasn't allowed to eat. Oh no! Don't so eat that. So I'd had I'd had the dinner Thursday night, like seven ish, half seven, mm-hmm. and then well, I didn't. You- the dinner was on the floor by midnight, mate. To be fair. <laughs> well, that's, let's be honest. That's that is also true. <laughs> and then I didn't eat again until about twenty-four hours later, the Friday night. 
flipping hell. Because they, I, because of all the tests and everything, I wasn't allowed to eat. I think it had to be had to be empty. So, um, and then it was. Um, I wasn't really hungry when I first woke up on the ward. I was very confused. I mean, I'd never had never been on a drip before, and I was surrounded by. Um, a lot of elderly, very ill people, and I felt a little bit. I felt a little. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say you're surrounded by beautiful nurses, but no. Well, uh, not no. Um, <laughs> no offence. Um, and uh, I, was, I was. I felt a little bit bad. I was like, I, I feel like I shouldn't be here, even though I was in a hell of a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, but the staff were great with me, and I just yeah. By by sort of the afternoon of Friday, I was I was ready to eat, but um, wasn't allowed to until the evening. And then when I did eventually eat. I just, I, it was really weird. I was hungry, but I couldn't physically get it down. I mean, I had about half of the meal, and I just couldn't eat any anymore. It was really weird. But um, I'm did you play me. the old? Did you play the old uh, wolves reporter card in hospital? <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't. A pillow. I didn't. No, I didn't play it for that. But when I was when, when I was in A and E, the surgeon came down to speak. <laughs> <laughs> the, the surgeon came down to speak to me because they were they were taking me very seriously, unlike uh, New Cross, unfortunately. Oh. Um, and um, he did start making conversation with me and asked me what I did for work. When I when I told him, he was then very interested and proceeded to to bend my ear for about five ten minutes. It's like we better do a decent job than actually yeah, asking me a lot of questions. Yeah, exactly. I know. So, um, but no, it was uh, it was a very strange experience. But I'm uh, I'm, on, I'm out the other side, fortunately. No, there was a lot coming out the other side, to be honest, mate, but I'm pleased it's not now. Um, I'm glad that was the condensed version, uh, eight and a half minutes later. Thanks very much for that, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me, when you made me laugh, it actually hurts a little bit. Oh, uh, dear. Um, so, you understand that probably you, you've got through a battle in the last, you know, five to six days, but your most important battle is less than 24 hours away now, Liam. That's a massive battle because... We all know that you missed the game. Correct. Now, no pressure whatsoever, but Mr. Paul Barry took over from you. He also did Southampton. Southampton won Wolves 2. Wolverhampton Wanderers won Chelsea 0. Played 2, won 2, points 6. Liam Keane, if Wolves get beaten on Saturday at Brentford, I do not want to be you on social media. Well, there's two things I would say to that. Go on. The first one would be, would you really want to send abuse to someone who was on his deathbed only a couple of days ago? <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, <laughs> that's, that's the first thing I'd say. The second oh, thing dear. I'd say, who was covering Wolves for the other six wins in the league this season? Well, this this, this is it. This is it. You've got, you're, you're you've got very six, own. six wins in 28 games. <laughs> wow <laughs> compared to two from two so yes you have seen 75% of the wins with um, 26 but you played 26 more games so I mean don't get me wrong I don't think Wolves will lose on Saturday but it's a bit of pressure on the line it's a bit of pressure because people will be calling for um, the, the main man the, the, the main man who <laughs> must have been I don't think Bess will, will, uh, will mind me saying this because it was quite funny Quite a few people say, ring it for Jack Nicholson. And to be honest, I think in some of the videos, he does look, he's got a bit of Jack Nicholson in his bears. But um, it's, uh, you can't knock him, mate. He was a good replacement for you. He's a great lad, though, isn't he, Bez? And oh. if he's going to bring the look, I would obviously, I want Wolves to win. So maybe I'll just, you know, take the rest of the season off. <laughs> if, if, if work want to turn around and say, Liam, you can have the rest of the season off. 
we'll send you away. You can have, you know, eight weeks in the Maldives. Sit back, relax, let Paul Berry do his work his magic. By all means, you've got my email they won't, address. They won't do that, mate, because there'll be far too much food excess and waste at Molyneux, mate, if you're not there. So, you know. <laughs> that is true. Right. I mean, the good thing is you got to watch it um, on probably a dodgy stream. So we'll go straight into it. Uh, I say straight into it, 12 minutes into the podcast. Um, but we have to look after you. have to check on you. You know, you're a very important part to this um, to this, to this, this tool, mate. I mean, you, without, without you, there's no podcast because it's just me talking. So uh, that's great. What I will say before we start, listen out later on this podcast because we have got a very, very important announcement. It's, what can I say? It's pretty big, Liam, isn't it? It's pretty, pretty big. It's humongous. It's Huge. It's huge. So make sure you stay tuned. Um, and most people will fast forward the first 10 minutes as they normally do anyway to get rid of the rubbish. So, um, yeah, it's going to come in later in the podcast. Right. Wolves 1, Chelsea nil. Liam Keane, I mean, to a man, they were superb. I don't want to go over it too much, but, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about Matthias Nunes in a little bit, but Xiao Gomez on that day. I mean... He could be the bargain of the season. Honestly, what a magnificent performance. And I watched it back, and I knew he had a good game, but I didn't know he had that good a game. I watched it back. I mean, he literally ran his heart out. But the amount of attacks he broke up and his distribution on the day was absolutely magnificent. But Zhao Gomez on top of, you know, Nelson Semedo thought it was his best game in a long time. Mateus Cunha looked brilliant. No coincidence in a 10 playing in behind Diego Costa. Totti Gomez was absolutely superb at left-back, brilliant. Raheem Sterling barely had a kick. I mean, we talked about, and I think we named the last podcast, Stand Up and Be Counted. That's exactly what four, five, well, all this team did, but four, five, six players in particular stood up and really affected a game in what was a massive game of football and a huge, huge result for Wolves. Massive, massive. Um, this is what the hype around Jao Gomez is all about, isn't it? We saw it. I mean, he's had good moments and good games up till now as well, but that was that was his real his real big moment, and uh, and he took it. Um, a, a little shout out to our colleague Steve Malio over at, at the uh, Athletic, but I did see his comparison between Jao Gomez and Enzo Fernandez. I thought that was a really interesting comparison, to be honest. Looking back on it, um, because it's a player Wolves could have had, and the player Wolves did get, and. Um, and I don't want to put a player down who's clearly done very well at another club uh, up until his arrival in England. But so far, Wolves seem to have uh, got a pretty good deal. Um, and let and look, June Lobbert, he's not going to say too much publicly because we know he's a little bit. Uh, he's a little bit. He's he's quite careful about how he talks about other or individual players. Um, he will at times, for good or bad, talk about players, but won't go too far into it. I think particularly with a young player like Jao Gomez. But make no bones about it, the manager really likes this player. Um, I think he would have liked to have played him more a lot earlier. But mm-hmm. he's got a young family. He, he's still young himself, coming over from a country in Brazil, which you know, geographically is a long way away. But in terms of culture, is very different. He's never been, he's never been out and obviously played and lived in a, in a different country before. So it was a big adjustment for him. Um, you know, it, albeit fifteen million is not a massive fee. For Wolves, it's a decent fee, but not huge. Yeah, it's still a lot of money, you know, for for a young lad, and, and he'll he'll be aware that Wolves have have invested in him and 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 that other clubs liked him as well, and um and they, they needed to give him time, and I think Lopetegui's played it pretty perfectly, to be honest. Uh, he's given him 
the time he needed to get himself up to speed, get himself settled. The fact that there's a lot of uh, compatriots and Portuguese-speaking players in the in the, in the squad helps a lot as well. And, um, and the manager loves him. And the fact that he's now given him that chance to go out and prove his worth against Chelsea is brilliant. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't necessarily start the next game, or maybe he, you know, he gets rested again at some point. But he will come in and out of the team, and you'll see the best of him probably next season. Um, but he was he was absolutely magnificent, and like the other players you mentioned as well, I, I could agree with all of the ones you mentioned. But I'm going to come to one very quickly, Totti Gomez. I'm going to say I told you. My so. man Totti. I'm going to say I, to say I told Totti. you so again. I I got laughed at. I got scoffed at when I when I championed him to start at Forest. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't his. It wasn't a vintage performance at Forest. Yeah. But he was solid yeah. enough. He was decent, and he was absolutely wonderful against Chelsea. He's not a left back. Don't get me wrong. I, I think I think long term he, he is centre half, but he's athletic. He's quick. He's strong. I think makes some good runs, Liam, going forward. Going he forward, he, exactly. He was, he was good, and he wasn't. He wasn't going to be shirked off the ball as well. I mean, he's a, he's a unit, so. You know, if he's if he's in full fly, or you know, you, you're not just going to put in a little tackle there. You've got to really go in and go in hard if you're going to get the ball off him. And I thought he actually used the ball very well going forward as well as defensively. No, absolutely, he's not the finished article yet. He's he, you know he's a little bit of work to do with him, particularly in possession. He can be a little bit sloppy at times, a little bit haphazard. Um, but as a proper, natural, instinctive defender, um, he's one of the best natural defenders in the Wolf squad. He'll put his body on the line, he'll win aerial duels, he's difficult to beat, and he's he's got that... He's got the cojones. He's got, you know what I mean? He's, mm-hmm. he's, 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 he's a full-blooded defender who, at a time when Wolves need results and a time to get themselves out of trouble, I think Lopetegui's brought him in at the perfect time. Look, um, I thought it was a, a superb performance for me, it really was, and I guess a coming-of-age performance, but I can remember that, that game... You know, on his debut, I thought I thought he was excellent. But we've got to give, and it's been an incredible, incredible year. You know, eighteen months for for Totti Gomez. I don't think anyone had heard of him really, even when he was at Grasshoppers. Let's be honest. So, do we need to give Bruno a little bit of a, a bit of credit here as well for for bringing him back and 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 playing him in those games to see what we now Totti Gomez might have played under Lopetegui and even never made it an appearance but the fact that he did come back and the fact that he did he was used and he was trusted obviously and the, and the fact that he did get his feet wet last season just shows a, a lot of faith and maybe we need to give give um large a little bit of credit there yeah spot on absolutely look he, he got brought in out of nowhere and all of a sudden he was playing in the premier league and and he did pretty well for, you know, yeah, early yeah. On, you know, it was around the time of the african combinations wasn't it so mm-hmm. um yeah absolutely spot on i think you give you give a bit of credit to uh to, to Bruno as well. Um, I'm glad that he stayed with the team this season. I would have liked to have seen him get more opportunities. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't think he's a... Right now, at least, I think he's a little bit of work to do. I don't think he's a, a first-choice eleven player sure. every single week. But I think, as and when, given the opportunity to prove himself, I think he's a very good player and I think there's more to come from him. And, and you know, look, you know whether he plays a game last season or a couple of games, I mean, I think he ended up playing... Um, let me have a look. I think he played. I think he made five appearances last season, actually, in total. But at least, a minimum. I'm not saying that he's starting and he's starting eleven every single week. I, 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 I completely agree with you. I think he's still got stuff to work on. However, I think he's in the best place to work on them and with this manager and with this coach. But for me, he cemented himself now into the first team squad for next season and going forward. I mean, he is part of this setup. He does not look out of place. He is. He is part of. 
collectively, I, I think a very strong first-team squad. Yes, they'll make a few additions, but if you asked me last season, I didn't really know the guy. I'm thinking, well, you give up, you know, I can, I can have him, or I'm not too bothered if he went out on loan. Now, I think he's going to be integral to this first-team squad going forward next season. I think he has to. He's versatile as well, isn't he? And play play a couple of different positions. I think he's beyond a, a loan for me. That's what I'm saying is that I want to, I'd rather have him not beyond a loan, but I'd rather have him in that in this first team setup now. I think he's important and he's shown that versatility playing in that left. If you've got someone who can play in that left hand side, especially with you know the the futures of Johnny and Ryan Aitnori and, and Ryan Giles are all kind of you've got to think up in the air at this moment in time. The fact that he can pivot to play left back as and when needed. Mm. and have obviously the centre-back as well, I think is a massive, massive asset to have. Absolutely. He's 24 now as well, so he's at an age mm. where he wants to be, you know, right. a proper, uh, yeah, playing, but also be, you know, an integral part of the first sure. team. Yeah. It's the same with you Max don't want to be bouncing from here to the 23s or to the 21s, an overage player, and then going, you know, going out on loan or playing a champ. You want to have a a future and know exactly where you're going. Yeah, exactly. It's similar with Max Kilman because he, in the last year or two, was obviously moved into that same uh, that same category. Um, sure. But he was in a similar category to, to what Totti was really, and and he and he moved in his way in there. So, um, and he's a similar age as well at the, in, in sort of how the the timelines worked. So I think that he should be looking at that as right. I can I can make my way in here. And in terms of versatility, it's not just playing left back, but playing the left side of a three and uh, different formations, different positions. There's a lot he can give. Um, and I, I think, I mean, fans don't necessarily th- take a lot from this, but I think it's important. Um, he's a genuinely good guy to be around as well. I think it, it, it helps for a squad because you need a right balance of characters. You need people who are going to, I wouldn't necessarily say upset the apple cart a little bit, but you need some spiky characters. You need some lively characters, um, which we've got. But you also need people who are really good professionals and really good examples. Um, Adama Traore is, a, is one that we've spoken about a lot. He's been a really good professional. There's several others as well, and Totti's absolutely one of those. Look at the... He didn't play. He played on January 17th. Didn't play again until the Forest game. Yeah. First of, first of April. Um, <laughs> at not not once, um, as far as I'm aware. And I've obviously spoken to people around the place and, you know interviewed him several times and been around him as well not once he kick up a fuss not once he as he caused a problem um he takes accountability he, he speaks to, speaks to me speaks to speaks to the press i think again that's a small thing for fans but i think that's actually quite important um he doesn't shy away and all of these things combined his attitude and his application for me makes quite a promising play i just hope he gets the chances rest of this season and build for next season as well yeah and 24 like you say Liam it's it's, it's a time where you haven't got you haven't got loads of time. I mean, as a professional footballer, these are, you come into your best years now between 24 and 30. Okay, you've got a little bit of leeway if you're a centre-back, I think, for experience. But these are the years where you really want to, you know, put your roots down and, and really make a, you know, a big effort into whoever you're playing for. So I think if, I'm not sure exactly, oh, he's had a new contract. He's, he's at Wolves till 2027. So I think a, a fantastic future for him and, and obviously playing, compared to playing in the Swiss Super League. I mean, it's just fantastic that he's playing Premier League football and doing so well there. So, so credit to him. Um, and Max Kilman as well, who, who had a very good game. I mean, I said people who had a top draw game. You could, you could say Kilman, you could say Craig Dawson was very good on the day as well. But I wanted to, to, to just, you know, mention a few people who I thought really, really excelled on the day. Just a, just a word on Max Kilman, who, who was very, very good. Captain is back captain again, Liam. And I thought took it very, very well. And I thought he was... Not just because they wouldn't, he was a bit more vocal on the pitch, and maybe that comes with 
you know, 24 now he's been in this setup for, <coughs> excuse me, I've still got a little bit of sickness. Still been in this setup for, you know, for two or three years now, but I think he's starting to find his voice. He's looking more aggressive. You can see some of the pictures or some of the, some of the images on the day where he's really, you know, giving it the fist or, or, you know, giving it a bicep and really just shows a little bit of character, a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of, you know, um, I felt I felt it was a little bit he was a little bit timid at times, and I get that when you when you're coming on and you're making your way and you're playing you know, alongside fantastic international players. But I feel like confidence is there now, and the fact that it is captain, we've kind of speculated, I guess you know when when if and when Ruben Nevers goes into the, the season, who might take over? And we've kind of talked about Craig Dawson being a candidate, but the fact that Lopetegui gave him the captain's armband, I think, said a lot going forward. Yeah, it was a big show of trust in him, wasn't it? Um, and Bruno did it as well, I think. A big part of that, in, in terms of Lopetegui's decision, is he's had a big uh, emphasis on English culture and obviously Premier League experience and, and leadership as well. But um, he's brought players in, Dawson, Bentley, uh, Lamina's obviously played in, in England before. Uh, so he's brought players in that are going to have experience, going to have big voices, but also the English culture, that's a real big part of it. So it doesn't surprise me that Kilman, obviously he had come from, from elsewhere, but did come through. Uh, yeah. The academy, technically, and um, you know he, he's been at Wolves a long time now. Uh, he's twenty five now, actually, not twenty four. So he's getting on a bit. Um, oh. <laughs> no, so yeah, I think he, he there's a little bit of work to do to get him to that. You know, week in week out captain material. I do think there's a bit of work to do there. Um, I, I agree. I agree. I but, just thought there were some some some. It's some a, yeah, good it's signs. A, it's it's a good sign, definitely. It's a good sign, definitely that. I mean, take obviously it wasn't at the game, but taking your word for it that he was a bit more vocal at the game, and the fact that Lopetegui gave it him in the first place um, is yeah, it's a good sign, and, and pleased for him, and pleased that he put in a good performance because I think overall he's actually been one of the most consistent performers in the last few weeks, really. When when other players have had dips at times, um, even in the bad games, he's been one of the better performers. So it's um, it's it's good to have you know the the Kilman back that we saw for the majority of last season. He was absolutely brilliant. So. It's only going to help Wolves. 13th in the table. It looks a lot rosy, doesn't it? Um, even with that win. I know it's still tight at the bottom, but they have got a little bit of breathing space now. Crystal Palace, of course, uh, demolished Leeds. Really thoroughly enjoyed watching those highlights, to be honest. Dirty Leeds. Um, <laughs> when, uh, when I watched them as well. So Palace are 12th, Wolves 13th, West Ham 14th, Bournemouth 15th, Leeds and Everton and then Forest. <laughs> um, in the bottom three with Leicester and Southampton. So the gap between... Uh, Forest, who are who are currently in the bottom three, and Wolves is four points now. Um, we'll come on to Brentford in a little bit, but Liam, thirty-one points from thirty games. We, we, we're thinking around thirty-seven, and they should be okay. Of course, we want to get to forty as quick as possible, but I think the way things are, thirty-seven should be okay this season. That's two more wins, and they're going to have plenty of opportunities to do it. However, if they are going to take advantage, take this by the scruff of the neck, get this over and done with. Another win against Brentford on Saturday, and that's as good as done, isn't it, really? It, as good as, yeah, I think it's probably the best you... you best I mean, unless they lost eight on the bounce, or seven on the bounce to finish, but I, I just can't see it in this team. You know, they will get a win somewhere else or get a few results, but, but you know, if you're on 34 points and the goal difference is a little bit better now, it's, it's way better than Forest, you know, better than Southampton, better than Everton, better than Bournemouth... Things are looking good, aren't they? Mm. Well, we I did say in the last podcast, you win a couple and draw a couple in April and you're, you're going into May and the latter stages of May and you're probably 
there or thereabouts to being safe. Um, Wolves obviously given themselves a little bit of a head start on, on my prediction there. So you know if they can get three points this weekend, then they are pretty much on their way there. Uh, but you know we had Lopetegui's press conference today, and he was asked questions along similar similar lines, and he's very adamant. Of course, you've got we, to be. Have to got, be. I agree with that. We've got so many games left. You've got to you know you, you you've got to get it over the line mathematically, which of course you do. But yeah, um, I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I think Wolves are. Uh, edging ever closer, but you've just got to get a decent result at the weekend. And um, I know we'll go on to it, but it sounds a bit strange to say. I'd probably take a draw at this point after after getting a win there, and and you and you go from there against a Leicester side away next week that Wolves should be trying to beat. Yeah, um, fourteen to one Wolves are to go down at the moment with the bookies, uh, which gives Wolves about a ninety three percent chance, I guess, for the bookies for them to stay up. And I think that's pretty much. Where I am with him, we've talked about percentages and we said 85 to 90, he dropped a little bit to 85. But I think you're back up to that 93% chance for me that Wolves will stay in the Premier League. I think that's pretty much spot on, to be honest. Yeah, no, I have to, I have to agree with that. That that win against <coughs> Chelsea was was huge. Um, but the difference is now you've got to build on on the buffer that you've got. And, and uh, yeah, we'll come on to that when we, when we talk about Brentford, but it's, it's an important point. And, uh, and, and April still is massive. Um, the, the games you've got left... Brentford, Leicester, Palace, Brighton, those four games, albeit tough games in there, don't get me wrong, it's huge. And if Wolves can get the kind of points that we would dream of from those games, we get to 6th of May at home to Villa, and potentially it doesn't mean a hell of a lot. And ideally, if you can get through to the Everton or Arsenal game, the the final two games of the season, not needing anything, that would be the best scenario because... As I say a million times on this podcast, I don't think either of our hearts, particularly mine now after the last no. after the last week, is going to be able to take uh, Everton <laughs> or Arsenal um, needing points. Oh, you'll be in every hospital going, mate. Before then, you can't. You won't be able to. You'll be going tests. You'll be going all sorts. Mate. I'll be milking Doctors it. Will be in. Well, to be honest, if we need points going into, into Arsenal anyway, sorry if this is bad news to you, but we're we're bidding you off regardless and bringing Bez in. We're wheeling him out for the last game, mate. If we need points. <laughs> wheeling him out. He's not that old. Leave the poor lad alone. Come on, Jack Nicholson, mate. He's been. He's the, he's the joke. He's been, the, he's been in the power plant. It's all the acid there. We that was a great out. shout, by the way. It's a great shout. Uh, right. Um, look, we'll, we'll say it now. Okay. There's a there's a there's a special announcement slash piece of news coming out, and we'll know on the weekend. But it's either going to come out Monday or Tuesday next week. It's very very important. Now, for you to get this piece of news slash information slash breaking situation, you have to subscribe to the Wolves newsletter at the Express and Start. It's completely free. We've said it. I think we've well over two and a half, three thousand people, I think, now on it. It's a no-brainer. First of all, you're getting every single bit of Wolves news into your inbox six days a week, plus a comment from either myself or Mr. Liam Keane. So it's a no-brainer regardless, but there's going to be some news on there either next Monday or next Tuesday that you will not be able to see anywhere else on the site. So it's all you have to do is click the link, put your email address in, you'll get a link to verify, and you're away. You're getting it. So it, it makes sense to get it anyway, but it's very important that you're on there. Should we say that? Well, you can, we can say that, can't we? I, I think we can say that. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give a, a small... It's not really... A, it's not really a, it's not really a teaser or a spoiler. I'll just confirm one thing. We did have one tweet in the questions asking if the news was that one of us was 
leaving. So I'll confirm, oh. I'll, I'll confirm that is very sadly not the case. No, I'm joking. It's not the case. It's not the case. It We're not going anywhere, baby. Not going anywhere. It's good news, but it's I'll leave it at that. I won't tease it anymore. It's good news, yeah. But you've got to subscribe to the Wolves News. I must, I cannot emphasise this enough. Subscribe to the Wolves Newsletter because you will not get it um, anywhere else. So do it this weekend. Do it today. Do it now. Stop. Pause the pause the podcast. Get it on. If you haven't already, just go to any Wolves story. It's there. It'll pop up. Or there's a there's a there's a graphic at the very top of every single story. Put your email address in there. Get on there and uh, make sure that you read all the information when it's sent to you on Monday or Tuesday. So um, we'll leave it at that. I'll probably remind people to talk to this podcast as well. But there you go. That's the long version. Right. Um, Daniel Pedence, Liam, uh, I want to talk about next. A uh, little bit, a bit of information about him, about his availability this weekend, uh, about this FA charge. There's been another another twist in it, I guess. Um, not only Brennan Johnson, but Morgan Gibbs-White now is, has got involved for some reason. Shock. Uh, absolute shock. Um, just just the whole incident is completely bizarre from VAR looking at it and not awarding anything to Forrest complaining to an FA investigation now to getting um, Johnson and someone who's left Wolves who's obviously antagonised with the whole situation to, to talk about the incident from Johnson not speaking about it or not even confirming that it happened to Forrest writing saying that it did, did happen and it, everything is Let's be honest, it smacks of desperation for me from Nottingham Forest. It's absolutely desperate. They are, they're, you know, they've, they've named their squad Nottingham Forest and they've got two injuries and they're trying to get a centre-back that they haven't registered. They're trying to get now Wolves. We're trying to get players and get players suspended. I mean, for me, it's just, it's embarrassing. I think it's quite funny, really, because it's so desperate from them. They're in absolute worlds of trouble. But <laughs> um, there is an investigation and there is into Daniel Pudence. And look, the way things have gone this season... I don't know which way it's going to go, uh, but what's the latest with that and uh, as you've seen it and what you've heard? Yeah, well, I mean, go back to the last podcast um, and I was very careful the way that I phrased it. I believe it was the last one. Maybe yeah. the one. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, I think it was, yeah. Um, I was very careful the way I phrased it, but I, I said to you, make no bones about it. Forrest will follow this up. Brennan Johnson and Steve Cooper absolutely believe, whether it's, it's true or not, but they absolutely believe that this happened slash they can get Pedence done for it. They can prove that it happened. Whether it happened or not, as I say, we have to you know, leave up in the air because I've, I've, I've seen it as what everyone else has seen, the VAR images, and it doesn't look like there's any um, any saliva that actually leaves his mouth. But, of course, that's just the images we have. But I said, look, make no bones about it. They, they believe that it happened and they will try to follow it up. They have done. And we're now in a situation where Wolves are trying, Wolves and the player, Daniel Pudence, are trying to defend themselves and, and provide evidence. So the small changes that, um, because of the bank holidays and stuff around Easter, uh, Wolves were granted a two-day extension to responding to the charges. So it was meant to be Wednesday. It's now going to be tomorrow, which is Friday the, uh, the 14th. Um, so it leaves a little bit longer for Wolves to go back with their evidence and obviously what they believed uh, will prove uh, Pudence to be innocent. Um, that means that because there's a a two-day delay on that, that the uh, regulatory commission won't be meeting until probably sort of early next week. So we're probably going to be getting a decision early next week, middle of the week uh, latest, I would would imagine, um, unless for any reason they take a lot longer. So 
Um, that's pretty much the the bones of it. As as you say, uh, Brennan Johnson Morgan gives white giving statements and evidence uh, supposedly in this case. But Wolves, Pedence, Lopetegui, absolutely adamant that it didn't happen. And now Wolves are in a position where they've got to pr- provide proof that it didn't didn't happen. Hmm. What what goes against Wolves is that of course they are pro- well came to the conclusion that there was not enough evidence to uh, punish Pedence for it. However, the regulatory commissions go by what they call balance of probabilities, is the phrase that's used. So the burden of proof on that is a lot lower than what it has to be for the VAR decision, for example. So, Surely you can't take two guys, one, by the way, in the images, who wasn't even looking at the incident as in Gibbs White, who now apparently is going to be giving evidence. And of course they're going to be giving evidence regardless of whether it's true or not. Of against wolves, so from a yes, he's he's gone. Look, Pedence should never have done anything like that, and even look towards it. I mean, I'm not I'm not absorbing the guy of blame. I mean, he's, he's stupid for even you know approaching it and and faking that. But of course, if you're going to do that, it's not as if you're like, well, yeah, I guess if you guys say so, and you know there is a probability that something might have happened. I mean, it's in their vested vested interest that they're going to do that and they're going to say that because. They need to stay up, and they just want to, you know, restrict anyone as, you know, as much as they possibly can, including wolves. No, absolutely. Um, completely agree with you that Pedence. <laughs> so we said this in the last podcast. He was stupid to even make the action in the first place. That's that's without a doubt. Um, but I completely agree with you. You're in a situation where it is very much one word against the other, unless, of course, there is uh, evidence from either side that we're currently not privy to that gives, uh, you know an incredible in, in, uh, indication of which way uh, it, it actually went but that, that that seems difficult to uh, that seems difficult to believe so as far as we're aware it's very much you know balance of uh, probabilities one word against the other and they've got to try and come to a conclusion on that and it, and it just it, it doesn't seem like a particularly fair way regardless of where the outcome is it doesn't seem like a particularly fair way of of judging it but unfortunately that's that's the way that the FA uh, panel works so um, yeah we're, we're going to be waiting to, to see and, and, and the thing that worries me is that the balance of probabilities you look at Brennan Johnson's reaction when it happens things like that these kind of things are, is what they're going to make a big deal of and it it, it worries me that it will go against Pedence. Um obviously hope it doesn't um, but Wolves are not the kind of club um, to fight a lost cause I'll put it that way um, I think Wolves by and large, I've been a norm, you know, very honest club. I think um, normally don't have particularly uh, don't have, don't have a lot of disciplinary issues. Of course, there's been a few recently, but normally haven't haven't had a lot. And I don't think that they would be fighting this as hard as they are if they weren't adamant that it didn't happen. So I would hope in that sense that it goes in Wolves' favour. But we're going to find out. And and you look at the sort of precedent for for matches and uh, bans and things like that. He's probably looking at about a six match ban. Um, which is, of course, the vast majority of the rest of the season. He's available for, for Saturday, but if the decision goes against him early next week, he will, won't be available from Leicester onwards, potentially. So, um, worrying times, but we'll, we'll hopefully have a bit more on that soon. Yeah, I mean, for me, absolute best that evidence is. Absolute best case scenario, Nottingham Forest. The best case that evidence is inconclusive. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, right, I mean... We talked about some outstanding players on the game against Chelsea, and, and the one we didn't speak to, of course, was the was the was the guy who hit the winner, which was one of the one of the best strikes I think I've seen at Molyneux for some time. I would say it's probably in my top five goals 
I've seen scored at Molyneux. It was that good. It was just a sweet strike. And it was, you know, everybody's watched it multiple times. It's an amazing piece of skill. And to score your first goal for the club like that, I think, was was absolutely brilliant. And in, in like I say, in a situation where Wolves needed it the, the most. It doesn't, if you're scoring a screen at 4-0, it doesn't, it doesn't ring the same to me. Um, than, than a 1-0 win, especially when you really need it. So so fair play. Uh, for me, the best thing that Nunes did um, that week was give away his boots. Brilliant. Get, just get, get rid of those boots. Okay, <laughs> bring back the insults, please. But get rid of the boots. Because whatever boots he put on yeah, the, on Saturday was just a different gravy. Um, sensational display. And it wasn't just the goal. It was his runs before, um, the way that he controlled the game. This was the Nunes that we've come to know and love, and we've—I say know and love—we haven't, we haven't seen it enough. But we know that he can do it, Liam. We've seen these runs. We've seen the way that uh, this box-to-box midfielder that, um, that dominated for Sporting Lisbon, that scored a lot of goals, that provided a lot of assists, and he struggled. He struggled to make an impact here. Now it's his first season, so you can kind of grant him that. He's had this whole Liverpool speculation around him. I think since he's really he's, he's been here, that he's going to make this move to Liverpool. Um, different talks that. Um, it was obligatory, and now it's been taken away, and now the fees not transfer fees not taken away. I think I don't think I'm not going to worry about that. You know, we'll worry about that at the end of the season. But it was his best performance by a distance in a Wolves shirt, Liam. And I discussed and, and kind of just I played, playing devil's advocate. I think like two or three weeks ago on this podcast, and said, would he do better with Ruben Neves out of the side? Because I feel like they're very very similar players, and that's not saying that Ruben Neves. You know, I want Ruben Evers out the side because I think Ruben Evers is a fantastic player and will probably pick up player of the season at the end of this year and, and I don't think anyone will begrudge him that. But I didn't think it was any coincidence that with Neves out the side that Nunes produced his best performance and took up that role, took responsibility, I think, brilliantly and was the most effective that I've seen him without, well, basically bossing that eight role. And, and you know, whether or not Neves is here next year and, and let's hope Nunes is here, I feel that that's the that's the position that he's most comfortable in. And I know he drifted out to the right at times. I understand that, but there was a central aspect to I think overall in the in the in this game that really allowed him to, well, just breathe and become the player that we all know he can be. Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm pleased for him that it's you know, it's taken a bit a bit longer than we all hoped and expected. Yeah. I think definitely he expected as well. But I'm pleased for him that it's it's finally happened because there's been glimpses, hasn't there? There's been Real glimpses of quality, and we know that it's there. We just needed it to come out more often, and probably over a ninety-minute performance. Um, and as I say, it's taken a lot longer than we needed it to or wanted it to, but it's finally here, and we can see the kind of player that Wolves have bought, and the reason why clubs like Man City and Liverpool were interested in, in him before Wolves even bought him, and, and very much so now as well. So he's a player who, in the right system, with the right kind of freedom and in the right frame of mind as well I think can have real effect on Wolves as a proper number eight box to box winning tackles but gliding forward in the way that we've seen and then the goal itself was a moment of magic wasn't it I mean he, he probably won't hit that better again if he tries in training I mean it was it was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant brilliant finish and um and and not only as you rightly say not only was it the moment for him personally and the moment that we've seen and the performance that we, we've been waiting for. But it was also the impact on a game. It was the goal that won Wolves three points. And that's something we've been waiting for. It's not just the performances and the goals and the insists. It's the word impact is what we've been waiting with with, with Mateus Nunes 
And that was what he had. He had an impact on that game and he won Wolves all three points against a struggling but still very talented Chelsea side. Yeah, of course. And the challenge for him now is to build on that. And regardless of how long he's at Wolves for, look, of course, there's, there's, there's nothing agreed for the summer and he very well may stay at Wolves for the next few years. Um, but Liverpool like him. Liverpool have looked at him. They've got him as one of their options, I think is the, probably the fairest way to, to phrase it. They're also looking at other players. I know Mason Mount's been linked to them quite a lot. And they're looking at players in that mould and they're going to make some signings this, this summer. So they'll be interested. Of course they will. Regardless of how long he's at Wolves for, it's his, it's his responsibility now, really, to build on that going forward in the next few games. And I would like to see him start tomorrow. I would like to see him start, as you were saying, more tomorrow. centrally. Of course, you can... To it, if you listen to it on Thursday, then it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I think you have to have to play him more centrally as well. He's, he, I don't like him out on the uh, on the wings as much. I can I can see the, the no. reasons at times why it works, but for me, it's not... It's not where he belongs. Um, and if he gets get that freedom to, to run with the ball from deep um, in a midfield three, then, then I think it would um, it would suit him and hopefully suit Wolves between now and the end of May. Yeah, completely agree, Mr. Liam Keane. So it begs the question, and uh, maybe it's more maybe it's more of a question mark than a than an answer. I guess um, with Neves not in the side, but does Lopetegui know his best team? at this moment in time and what is the best team that's a what good is, question what's the best team at this moment in time I think he's he's definitely got more of an idea that, than he did when he came in I think he's had to to test a lot of players I think you've seen certain players drop out recently and I think that that's not a coincidence at the same time he's had issues with, with injury obviously Cunha had his uh, managing that ankle injury Sarabia had a problem uh, Huang's been in and out with injuries and I think those three would start quite a lot of games if they were fit. Sarabia recently has dropped off a little bit and has been out yeah. on the bench more often than not. Um, yeah. But I think overall they probably would. And of those three, I would actually highlight Huang the most. Um, as I said with Jao Gomez, Lopetegui loves Huang. He really does. And it's, he's not the first manager that loves Huang. He works, no, he's not. He, he works really, really hard, gets into good positions, is dangerous uh, with and without the ball, I think but just needs a run of games and needs a bit of time to get himself up to speed and get fit and get his confidence up. I I, I don't think he's going to come in and score 15, 20 goals next season for Wolves, but I think he's a player that with a run of games and a little bit of luck can have a big impact. So um, it's no surprise to me that, that he's um, he's liked by another manager. And I think had he been available for these last few months and available to start games, he'd probably have started 80 to 90% of games. Um, look at the when Lopetti first came in. Huang was one of the first names on the team sheet pretty regularly. So uh, all of that combined, I think, is, is meant that he's not really been able to play his best team. And then for my money, if you're going to ask me what, my, what I think the best team is, um, it would have to be Cunha playing off a striker. I think that's that's obvious. Yeah. And I know you were giving Costa a bit of praise the other day, but for me, I would still have him in his head of him. Mm-hmm. I, I really would. Um I would well, probably... you mentioned him, and you, you mentioned him in us now. Go for it. Obviously, left out the squad. We know that Ryan Ednoy left out the squad. Left out the squad again. Um, but I want to focus on Jimenez because a lot of people were very surprised, me included. A lot of us were, included, you know, the fact that Raúl Jimenez well not, didn't start the game, but but you know, he went with Diego Costa. We've we've asked for for Cunha and a striker for such a long time, but I was I was shocked that it was Cunha and Costa, and that there was no Raúl Jimenez on the bench at all. You know, you look at that. 
central strike and you think, well, Costa's only got 60 minutes, well, I think it was 63 minutes on the day, and you think, goodness me, surely out of those, what is it, eight, nine substitutes now? Is it nine? Nine, on the bench? <laughs> nine. it is nine. Nine substitutes on the bench. So Raul Jimenez, fit, could not make those nine substitutes. For me, that's incredibly damning. Look, we, we, we can go over Ryan Agnori another time. We, we discussed it briefly, I think, a lot in the last podcast. But, but you know, he said today, I think, Liam, and correct me if I'm wrong, that he's pushing and they're pushing to get back in the squad and pushing to get back in the team. But, but just not having him even on the bench and to to prefer Costa ahead of him, that's a massive slap in the face for him. No, it's a massive call, isn't it? And, and when you look at the size of the squad at the moment, when they have uh, you know most players fit or even all fit, they're going to have a handful of players that are going to miss out. And these are a handful of first team or, 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 or well, first, uh, first 11 or first uh, squad players. I mean, these are players that would probably be playing games that might be missing out on the squad, i.e. Aitnori and Jimenez. So um, it's, a, it's, it's a difficult position to be in for the manager, but at the same time, he's got to send messages to the right players at the right times. He's done it with Aitnori at the moment. It's clear that he's not having him at the moment, um, but he's adamant that he will get another chance at some point. We'll obviously wait and see. Jimenez will be really interesting whether it's just a one game that he's left out of the squad or whether he comes back in on Saturday because... Pedence was one game out of the squad, came back and actually started the next two games. Mm. Ain't Norrie's been two games now and doesn't feel to me like he's going to... Unless there's injuries that we weren't aware of, but Lopetegui said there isn't any, um, then it doesn't feel to me like Ain't Norrie's going to come back in. If Jimenez isn't in the squad and there's no you know, reason that he isn't aside from just not being selected for Saturday, then he's in a similar position to Ain't Norrie where he's got a real battle on his hands to get back in. Um, and eight, no, sorry, and uh, Lopetegui's said pretty much that in the press conference today as well to say, look, him and Eight Nori, you know, they're working, they're, they're working in training, but they've got a battle on their hands to get back in the squad because they've got a lot of players in the squad and in their positions that want to play games. I mean, you know, I know it's all about balance and stuff like that, so you can't say position for position, I guess. But and, and don't get me wrong, he's been fantastic this season, and he's, uh, I think, got such a bright future ahead of him, but. The fact that Joe Hodge was in there and no Raul Jimenez when you haven't got a central striker on that bench is, like you say, Liam, it's, it's, it's damning and probably giving a kick up the ass and, and you know, to, to get him going because he will definitely be shocked to not make that matchday squad. And it's probably um, a bit embarrassing, really, when you look at your Mex- you know, Mexican international. He's not, you know, whether he's going to be at Wolves or, or not next year. Again, one to talk about, I think, in the future when, when Wolves is... Wolves have confirmed that they're in the Premier League next season, but... Oh, I mean, that is that is an absolute slap in the face. So he's got to come back and I guess Lopetegui's testing him and see how he reacted this week. And if it is his head down, if, it's, if his head's down, he's not interested, he's not putting in the hard yards, it'll be very difficult for him to, to, to be back in the squad this week. No, absolutely. You know, you put those messages out there, you test these players and, and that's where you I like get... it. Do you like it? I like yeah. it for the manager. He's made some tough calls. I, I, think, I think that's what Large didn't have really, but he was... I, I know that he... If he was, he was visibly upset with certain players. But I feel like from nowhere we've seen players go. It's because if their standards are dipping, not in games, but maybe at Compton, then he'll take them out straight away. He doesn't care who you are or what, you know, whether you're, whether you're an 18-year-old kid or you're a, you know, you're a 33-year-old, you know, top international or 30-year-old international. Like, doesn't matter. Like, you are going out that if you're not working five days a week, you know, in training or four days a week in training in a game, if I don't see it, you're gone, pal. And you might come back next week, but I'm not, you know, I'm. he's managed some massive players, Lopetegui, and I think this is what is helping Wolves. He has managed some huge players from a respect point of view. 
some of the biggest players in the world. And if you've got little Raul Jimenez not, you know, sulking or not having a great game or, or Ryan Atnoe, well, but he doesn't care. Who the hell are you? Well, you're out, pal. We haven't got time to piss about here. Sorry, my language. But we haven't got time. You know, we're, we're, we're battling to stay in the Premier League. We're not, we're not coasting 11th or 12th. If you're not for it, then, then pack your bags and, you know, you can watch from a box. And no. I like that. I like it. Well, you do need the right balance of that as well, don't you? Because when, particularly when you're in the fight, the relegation battle, you can't have people hanging no. on. You can't have no. you can't have people coasting, as you say. So put those messages out at the right time and see what response you get. What's the reaction? And that's where you find out who's with you, who's not, who you're having, and who you're not having. And and we'll get a better idea, I think, in the next few weeks, really, of of the kind of players that. Uh, may or may not be here next year, depending on. I mean, obviously the markets, anything can happen, but we're going to get yeah. an idea of who Lopetegui's really having and who and who he's not. Exactly, great stuff. Right, um, word from our sponsors, KettleandToasterman.co.uk. Free shipping still for you beautiful people. If you haven't been on the site, why not? KettleandToasterman.co.uk. Um, while I listen to Liam, I browse the site many times because there's so many uh, different avenues that you can go down, and also I just need to switch off because I don't understand what he's saying at times. But apparently, it's wow, sense because you all like it. You all like it, so it's fine. But, Liam, I have found you a deal. Just by scrolling around while you've been, um, you know, the 15 and a half minutes you talked about um, being in hospital um, at the start of the podcast. Um, Liam, <laughs> something that, I've, that I, I've been meaning to ask you, and I feel like this is a very important device that you might need sooner rather than later, um, and you can get it on kettleandtoasterman.co.uk, a signature nose trimmer um, at £11 is definitely something that I think people need to do. You need to groom, men. You need to groom. It's not just the ladies. The men have got to groom as well. And I feel like any kind of nasal head, especially when you're getting older in life, oh, no one, li- no one likes a tree root kicking out. No one likes that. £11, just take it, put a battery in it, get it away. You're good to go for a few months. But, but an important piece of kit, Liam. I mean, it's almost like you read my mind some weeks because I could probably do something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. It's not out of control, honestly. but I, I could I could do with a little tidy up. You know, when you go you're in close and you just see a little a few a few little stray heads, mate, makes them honestly for a man who moisturises, who's got about fifteen different retinal products. Retinal, yeah, retinal. Excuse me. Could have gone. Could have gone. <laughs> could have gone south. <laughs> literally, yeah. Um, Nose trimmer. Wow. Honestly. Use that once or once or twice every couple of months. Makes a massive difference. Rosie's life would be a lot better, mate. No one needs to look up there, do they, and see a lot of hairs. No one needs to do it. But it's an essential piece of just just buy it. You don't have to buy it in a shop. Order it online. Free shipping. Good to go. Happy days. You can't say fairer than that. The fact that we're still getting free shipping as well. I mean, how long has exactly. it been going on for now? This is unbelievable. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, make sure you get it. Eleven pounds. Happy days. Right. Okay. Uh, football prizes. I've got it. I've got it up. Nathan Judas. So looks my apologies for my microphone. If my microphone's a bit weird today, it's because it's not working properly. So I might be a bit echoey again. So hopefully it should be okay. Uh, Liam, who is probably the, the most well-known player in the Wolverhampton Wanderers team? I will go. The most popular. Most popular. Easy one. Oh, well, never. It's got to be never. Never. Got to be. Ruben Neves signed shirts. £3.95. This is a beautiful frame. Custom, custom-built LED lights in a frame. Look, we don't know how long he's going to be at Wolves for. But a signed shirt from the great one himself, for me, no-brainer. Now, tickets and the competition closes next Wednesday. So this is April the 19th at 7.30. But you've got to get in before that because already 111 tickets have been sold and 
it's not been online for more than oh, probably been about less just less than 24 hours so they're going to go they're going to go this weekend there's 88 tickets available 100 uh, left there's 88 tickets available from the 199 that were on sale three pounds 95 10 percent discount wolf's potty uh that makes liam 395 10 discounts 39 and a half pence round it up 40 pence there you go off three pound 95 is oh now we're talking three pound oh, three pound 55 yeah flying he's back he's back they've added brain cells in that weird chamber that they screamed you good lad good lad love it love it love it um right some questions from the people to finish off are you ready I'm ready to do it. Okay. I'm not. I'm just scrolling through now. Okay. Wow. Let me let me try and um, buy some time. Oh, watch Succession, Kino. Watch Succession. Unfortunately, not. In? No, I mean, I, oh, Kino. I, I could get round to it. Though. I've heard good things, but no. No spoilers. Here. No spoilers. Don't worry. It's fine. Oh, mate, it's fantastic. Honestly, you've got to watch it. Mm. The dialogue might be a bit much for you. It's very fast paced. Why would you even say? You that? might have to rewatch it a couple of times. You're nasty. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having a go. I'm just saying that. There's a lot going on. Um, maybe listen to the podcast after it so you can kind of understand what's, you know, what's been said and what companies are which and what the characters are, character development. It's all it's all a little bit complex. But I'll talk you through it. It's fine. Okay, here we go. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andy Matthews says, do you think Costa will score before the end of the season? I think he has one big goal in him for us. A few people have been saying this to me for months now, where they, they, I think, you know, I think he's got one real big crucial goal that's going to keep Wolves up or something along those lines. I, I think that's probably not going to happen, but I would, I would love it if he got one, and oh, one, I and to one, get one, surely one in, in an important setting as well, not like yeah. you know a consolation, a three-one loss. I mean, I want him to get one that's going to, and as you said in your newsletter, another plug for the newsletter, your newsletter comment mm. um, the other day. The celebrations would be rapturous if he got oh, one. I mean, he's going nuts. I mean, he's knocking people out. He's knocking his own teammates out. Oh, absolutely. going crazy. I'd love to see it. <coughs> he did do play th- very well, though, I thought. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope I'm wrong. I think he's going to score. I think he's going to score. Look, you know, we talk about Jimenez, and I, I understand that you prefer Jimenez, and, and I think I agree. If well, Look, if both players are playing, if Jimenez can play... As he has, as he can, I completely agree. But if you're not getting the Raul Jimenez that, that's up for this, then I think Diego Costa. We saw how good Cunha was. I think that Costa could get a lot more game time between now and in the season, more than he has done recently. I do think one's going to go in. I really do. Um, oh, it would be great. It would be great. I, I mean, he 100. He has got something planned. He has got something planned. There's something that's going to go on. I, I would imagine. I don't know so. what it is. He's not just he's not just taking it and then getting back and picking the ball up and putting it down at the centre circle. People are going nuts. They're going crazy. Oh, if, you're I, the, I, if you're in the first row, then I'd, I'd, I'd worry, honestly. <laughs> the fact that I've said it's, it's probably not going to happen means he's probably scoring on Saturday. So, um, that, so you're welcome, basically, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, so a lot of people are kind of say about about the best team and the best eleven, etc. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how that is. John Littler says. Um, Regardless of which division Wolves are in next season, come on, John. They're in the Premier League, don't worry. Which of the current players do you want to see in the starting eleven next season? So, you know, if you're going to change it around, who are the players you definitely want in that starting eleven? Take a, I, I'm, Exclude Neves, because we think Neves is probably not going to be there. But realistically, but from the players that you think are probably going to be there next year, who do you want to see in that starting lineup? Everybody fit first game of that season. Who are the stalwarts? Who do you want in that lineup? 
Hmm, I'll say Dawson. Okay. I'll say Kilman. I see you got your back two. <laughs> I'll. Um, it's interesting know. that you got your back two. I, I'm. I don't know whether they want to bring in a, a big centre back. It's interesting. You they say may Dawson. do. May do. But I think. Yeah. I think f- f- from what I've seen, I think though. Yeah. I'd say those two. Um, I'd say Jao Gomez. I'd say yep. Lamina. Yeah. I would say Cunha. I'd say I probably would say Nunes as well. Probably. Mm-hmm. I know it's mm-hmm. difficult to get all the men. You know, depends on who stays. But I'd probably just go there. I've said Cunha. Aside from that, not that I want the rest of the players all to leave, but I think there's posi- I think there's positions you I, could oh, improve on. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, I would probably say a little bit less, and I'm not. I'm not saying this. <clears throat> I mean, I think what I think and what I'm really happy with. I'm not too. Sh- are probably two different things, but I think Kilman and Dawson would be the ones. But I'm just going to leave it for now and put them to the side because I'm thinking if they do bring a big centre back in, I'm not sure which one would make way out. I would say probably Dawson potentially, but you know Dawson obviously being a, would be a fantastic squad player next season. Is he a starter? Probably, but. So I'm going to not involve either of them. I'm just going to say Cunha. I'm going to say Zhao Gomez. And I'm going to say Nunes. I think those are the three. And I think the rest of it's fluid. I'm not saying that the other players aren't. I'd be happy if they're not in it. I would, but I think the situation is fluid. And that just shows how important it is between now and the end of the season to to show what they're ready. Because Lopetegui were making a lot of important decisions in the players that you're seeing now. We're, we're pretty much along <coughs> there, I'd say. I think, we, I think we've done all right there. Yeah, very, very good. Um... Jack says, "Any new on anything? Any news on contract negotiations with players, or is that something that may happen if and when safety is confirmed?" Yeah, it's, we've, we've spoken about it a few times. It's for the most part, I think it's something that they're they're very much going to concentrate in the the coming sort of months. Um, I think the all hands on deck surviving relegation has been the has been the priority. This leads me on quite nicely, actually, to 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 Neves. I was going to mention this anyway. There was um, I know some reports about. Um, Wolves sort of having a you know one final contract offer and you know one final chance to try and persuade him to stay kind of thing. Um, I, I think the best way to phrase this is, you know, there's certain names of uh, people who cover Wolves that um, you should look out for as uh, as the kind of you know sources to follow. Um, so don't read, don't believe everything you read. Um, so whoever put that report on basically is absolute bilge, useless, and don't, just grim. Well, I wasn't, that wasn't how I was going to phrase it, but I'll it's, say it, he's terrible. But you've gone, for, you've gone for it. Um, <laughs> don't read anything he writes. So, so I think you know we know the names of the people who who you know are, are connected with. Yeah, try to trust are connected with you know and, and know what they're talking about. And I've spoke about it a few times with with Neves uh, on this podcast already. Um, it's not something that they're in open dialogue about at the moment. They're very much concentrating on on staying up. Um, it's something they will revisit because, of course, they want to keep him. Um, but Wolves are also a club where if if the opportunity is there for a player to move to a Champions League club, which is where Neves should and would be going, um, Wolves won't stand in the player's way. They will they will get what they think is the fair price for the player, but they won't stand in the, in the way of the player moving. So, um, and Neves knows that. Neves will, obviously wants to play in the Champions League, but with him having one year left in the summer, if he doesn't get a move anywhere for whatever reason, like last summer when it just didn't happen, if it doesn't happen, um, there's a, a good chance he might sign a contract purely 
to allow Wolves to get maximum money out of him in it so he doesn't leave on a free. Um, but it all depends really on this summer and how he goes. The odds are that he still are, are that he goes, but it's definitely not a cut and dry situation. So we'll have to uh, have to wait and see. There's a lot of good journalists that we work with and alongside Liam. There's a lot of dross as well. That's all I'm saying. There is. There's a lot of dross. And there'll be people who will make up unsubstantiated claims to make headlines to sell newspapers. And that's been the, that's been the case for years and years and years and years and years and years. And nothing's... When you've got a star player like Ruben Neves and you put two and two together and make 12, then that's what you do. But as long as they sell us a few copies, the editor doesn't give a crap. But... People see it in nationals or whatever and, and you know they're drawn to it and then they ask us the questions. And it's frustrating, but we're here to say yes or to say no or to break news. Of course, as you break, you've got a lot of exclusives this year, Liam. But um, it's, just, it's just a shame when other people don't have the same um, jurisdiction, shall we say, from an editorial point of view. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think I've been quite fair. I think you have. <laughs> even the newsroom afterwards there's a few though uh, Richard says who starts at left back for you versus Brentford Reinhardt, Nori Hugo Bueno or Totti Gomez my choice would be Totti he says I genuinely like all three players for different <coughs> reasons um, but my order in preference right now Eight Nori would be last Bueno would mm-hmm. be my second choice Totti right now deserves mm-hmm. to keep his place I agree. I agree I think I think Totti deserves to keep his place after Saturday I don't, I don't think that I won't have any issues with him playing at left back. Saying that before the game, I was like, I was a little bit nervous. I was, I was probably expecting Hugo Bueno to play. So, but fair play, you know, you, you're the one who's got the shirt. You're the one who earned it. You weren't, you weren't the start. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Fatigue likes to change it around. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if if Bueno was back in there. But but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Let's have a look. Um, would you ch- a lot about Brentford? So I'll leave that for now because a lot of the questions we're going to ask when we preview the game. Um, Nick says I didn't really notice this but what did you make of the Nunes goal celebration towards the cheering fans yeah I, I was actually hoping that you would help me a bit with this question yeah. because I I didn't I don't quite know what the what I've missed from the celebration I just thought it looked like a normal celebration to me but of course I was watching on the, t- on the TV a lot of anger a lot, a, lot, you know, a lot of determination but I don't know I wasn't is he kind of insinuating that there was it was kind of a negative, or he was trying to you know make a make a point? I don't, I don't think that was there. I think not not from what I'd seen any any kind of narrative that was there. Just maybe a lot of frustration to be pent up that he'd taken out scoring absolute worldy. Seen that way to me, I think so. From what I could see on TV anyway, for the, from my uh, from my hospital bed. But no, yeah, that's what that's what it seemed. Um, Sue says, "Do you think Fabio should be recalled? Love Costa, but can't rely on him next season." Uh, there's another person who says. Um, let's have a look if I can find it if I can't um, but asking about oh yeah um, Amar's music show says what do you think about the prospect of Fabio doing another season on loan um, which should be kind of muted as well but um, Fabio Silva can you see him at Wolves next season yeah so it's an interesting one there's, um, there's there's no sort of agreement for him to go on loan anywhere back to PSV or anywhere else for, for next season um, but the player's been very vocal in the last two weeks or so um, on a couple of occasions to say that um, that I would like to stay at PSV next season, which is which is interesting. Like I understand that he's he's happy and he's scoring goals and he seems to get on with his teammates really well. There's a lot of uh, sort of pictures and celebrations and things that he's been doing with a lot of sort of the younger members of the squad that he's obviously clearly struck up friendships with. Um, but I think for any player, if you got a chance to come back and play in the Premier League, I think it should be an obvious decision. 
Um, for his own development, would he would he benefit from another year away and scoring goals and getting his confidence up? He probably would. I, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. But as far as Wolves are concerned, he's coming back in the summer. Lopetegui is going to take a look at him in pre-season and they'll make a decision from there. If Lopetegui likes him, Lopetegui thinks he can fit into the squad and will offer something, he will stay because he's not, he's on a long contract. They will take the players' thoughts into account. Look, if he's adamant he doesn't want to be there, then they may have to make a decision because um, he, he was the one who actually pushed to go on loan to Anderlecht in the first place. Uh, so, of course, that that will play have an impact. But the first thing that will happen is he'll come back, they'll have a look at him and they'll make a decision. For my money, I can see the benefits of him going out again, but I also think there's there's a gap there for him to come in and make an impact. And if he can do that quickly and get his confidence up, then I think he, I think he could be an asset next season. The Wolfpack says, any update on Chiquinho or Sasha, Sasha Kalajic? Uh, surely after eight to ten months, these players have been out with ACL injuries. We should have seen photos or had updates of them in training or out on the grass. I'm aware Sasha is not... Uh, registered, but assume when fit and recovered, he will be in squad training. Yes, yeah, so the short answer is no. <laughs> um, no, j- just trying to find out where they are really. But obviously, they're both very serious injuries, as you rightly say in the question. Klajic won't be playing this season regardless, so it, it doesn't matter too much, of course. Um, but of the two of them, Chiquinho is slightly ahead. Um, I think they're still hopefully be ready by the end of, before the end of the season. But it feels like it's probably a bit of a a stretch that he'll have any imp- impact with the first team, particularly with the number of players they've got, the number of forwards they've got. I think it's uh, maybe he'll get in there with the, the twenty ones or something. So um, yeah, we'll try and we'll try and find out a little bit more on that. But as it stands, then they're not quite there. Rich says the question on everybody's lips is where did Judah finish in the poker tournament? There we go. Uh, which of course. Um... The most important thing was to record the podcast before I went down. I wasn't feeling great, Rich, to be honest, for the final, but got through. Um, the short answer is 29th out of 856. I, I got kind of low in chips, had to make a couple of moves. One didn't really work out. Uh, there was a lot of top players on the tables. I uh, really enjoyed playing. But um, yeah, I thought I did okay. We, we, we went away with a bit of money. We'll keep keep Kino for his big night out. I think that'll more than pay for it. Uh can't remember. I don't think I can say how, I can't say how much it was. It was it was well into four figures, Rich. Put it that way. It was it was wasn't five figures. It wasn't three figures. It was four figures. It was closer to the three figures than it was to the five figures. So there you go. Few you grand. Few G's. Few G's, baby. Any um, famous faces on the tables? You're not allowed to say. Uh, no, I mean there were there were a few burger professionals. I'm not sure whether too many people watch them these days. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Mm, from the old school days, Daniel Negrano. He was, uh, he was quite a famous poker player, kind of very much in a lot of the, the TV tournaments. He was there, he was playing. Uh, Phil Ivey's the big one, but he didn't, this was, uh, I say, too small fry. He made three quarters of a million dollars, but, um, you know, he turns up for, for some of the bigger events. But there were, yeah, there, I mean, a lot of people who were playing in Vegas who play, you know, for a living. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to get sponsored for two years before I came here with three bets. So I had a, uh, when I was living in San Diego, I flew across every weekend to play, played in some big tournaments. And the best thing was, you know, when I was sponsored, I didn't have to pay for any entry fee. So you're paying, you know, $500 for a tournament, $1,000 for a tournament. It's all the company pay for it. They take half your winnings, but you don't really care. You kind of, what's called a free roll for 50% is you, you get to keep 50% of your winnings and they keep the other 50%. So it was happier times, happier times, you know, step on a flight from San Diego, California, 45 minutes, you're in Vegas. Great. 
Great days, mate. So then, the answer you know, to the question was only famous mm. faces. The answer was no, then. No, Daniel Negreanu is a very famous face. Yeah, the answer is no. Okay, nice one. Um, <laughs> 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 not, not, not into the poker world, here. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not. I, I actually like the game, and I've played it a few times. But it's not. I mean, I wouldn't be any good. But I, yeah, it's not. I wouldn't be against mate, giving mate, it a little go. Don't do yourself a disservice. You you finally got what ten percent of three pound ninety five is. You rounded it up from the maths and statistics as what it is. I think you'd be fine. It's nothing. It's just luck, mate. You just you know, I got that. As long as you can count a bloody, you know. Pair and all that nonsense. Counter pair, Christ. Let's that's, move on. That's what I'm saying. Let's yeah, exactly. Doctor Paul Mounsell says, "Can you give us an update on Luke Matheson? Uh, there seemed to be much promise when we signed him, but he seems to have faded from the picture." What is that? Is it Rochdale? They signed him from. Spotless. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Million yeah. quid. Million quid. Correct. Correct. Mm. Um, um, what's he doing? Now, yeah, he's uh, he's twenty now. I think there was he? was he sixteen, seventeen when he signed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Twenty now. Um, I mean, it, it's fair to say it hasn't it hasn't worked uh, up to this point, at least anyway. Um, he's had loans as well, which haven't gone down well. Um, but at the moment, he's um, he's injured, so uh, hence why he's sort of not been involved with the twenty ones or anything. But um, yeah, it's difficult to say really where his where his future is. I mean, he's uh, by all accounts, I've heard a lot of nice. Things about I never dealt with him myself. Never spoke to him, but I've heard a lot of nice things. About, you know, meant to be a very nice lad, uh, very intelligent. Clearly a very good player, but just just hasn't quite happened for him. So um, never say never, but it feels like it's um, it's uh, it's a bit delicate that one. Um, Nick says, following Nunes having given away his boot insoles when he didn't mean to. Have you ever given away something unintentionally, and did you try to get it back? It's an interesting question, and I've been racking my brain. Yeah, and I, and I can't, I can't think of anything. Giving away something unintended, unintentionally. Um, you also you know, you've been to a few khakis parties in your time, mate. Where's the missus? Give away the missus. A few what? Pardon? What? It's okay. It's for the older generation. It's fine. Um, oh wait, actually no, I, I do know what that is. I do know. Um, no, actually, uh, fully the enough. Today. No. I tell you what I did do. We honestly, this is swear down. I've done this twice, and the missus has absolutely killed me for it. Especially the second time when she was away. Um, she puts a lot. We, we always give a lot to donations when we. And I get rid. We've got so much rubbish in the house. So many clothes. Get rid of your clothes. Get rid of stuff you're not wearing. You're wearing once every three years. You don't need it. It's clutter. So she had a bag for that, or took a couple of bags of that, a couple of bags for washing. You can understand what I did. You didn't. Yeah, I've done it twice now. Twice. One of them was a one of them was a load of like um, proper winter clothes and lovely gloves and mittens and there was a couple of Gucci things in there, mate. Well, donations at Dorage for absolutely happy days, mate. I probably made about eleven quid on it, but uh, yeah, it didn't go down well when I went back there to try and uh, find it. And uh, I think I retrieved about four items from about thirty-five, forty. So no, they've gone like hotcakes. I'm like, I bet they bloody have. So not good. Was it in the good books that uh, week and a half? Mate, that is bad. <laughs> that is bad. Well, you know, don't put them in the same coloured bags. Give me something, you know, label them. I'm that is guy. that is an old man Judah move there. Uh, old man River. Um, Wolves against Brentford. Right, Liam. How do we get three more points? Win two games on the bounce and start settling down and looking forward to next season in the Premier League. How does it happen? Uh, you score goals. You win the game. Uh, <laughs> 
There you go. We'll speak Welcome next to week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting one because um, you've, you've got a balance between trying to follow on from what is obviously a great result and you know making a decision between keeping many of the same players that perform very well and, and maybe the same system against a Brentford side who pretty exclusively play five at the back, pretty exclusively play three in midfield. Um, and a pretty t- t- difficult nut to, to crack, to be honest. Um, it feels to me like, particularly with the midfield three, I mean, they played to Silva, Norgard and Jensen in their last game. They lost two on to to, Brent, uh, to Newcastle, sorry. Um, it feels to me like, at, at, at minimum, playing three midfielders is the best way of going. Lopti has played Nunes as a, as a sort of fourth inverted mm. winger midfielder alongside three central midfielders as well um, which does feel very negative but at the same time I, th- I think to myself for this particular game do you try and get on the ball do you try and play that it would mean playing Moutinho most likely or playing Hodge um, or Bukachori out of nowhere so considering the personnel available that feels like it's probably unlikely and particularly at home that he'll go down that route so it feels to me like a 4-3-3 um, it's screaming at you it, it means Potentially, you don't play a striker alongside Cunha. You, you can play Cunha off to the left of a striker, possibly, but feels to me like maybe a Pedence might start. Nunes might start on a on a wide. Oh, sorry, um, Nunes started in a central position. Maybe Huang might come in um, with Cunha up top. I, I, I quite like that as a mid, as a as a forward uh, forward line there. Swang, Pedence, and Cunha. Swang, Pedence, and Cunha. I quite like that. Albeit, Should I've been calling. I think I think he does definitely, but not with playing. I don't think you play him and Huang at the same time. I think you no. you probably have to play someone who's a bit more dynamic, a bit quicker. Probably a Pedenza Neto, someone like that. Um, albeit I've been calling for Cooney to play alongside a striker. I don't mind necessarily for this game packing the midfield three out. I'm, I'm probably a Lamina Gomez and uh, and Nunes, and then having Cooney on his own and bringing someone else in uh, later in the game when when you can change it. So. That's the midfield battle, I think, which is which is a real key one. And then also, it, it's not really necessarily a, a tactical thing uh, because he's been playing well anyway. But again, going to bang the drum to keep Totti Gomez in the team. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons being Ivan Tony, albeit yes, he'll occupy the centre half more often than than than, uh, than Totti. But he's very good in the air, very quick, very strong, and I think Totti's the perfect counterpart to that. Um, when particularly at set pieces, when Tony does drift does drift to try and find space, to try and find any advantage to get his head on the end of something. And um, and if you can have Totti Gomez in there alongside Dawson and Kilman um, to try and nullify him, that feels like the best the best move. So it's definitely not going to be easy. Look, Wolves have got a decent recent record against Brentford, but we remember the home game all the way back in September 21, I think, wasn't it? Uh, last season, um, when Bruno was in charge, when they absolutely... Battered Wolves. Uh, mm. uh, they only won two nil, and it could have been four nil at half time. Um, that that many of those are still the same players. You know, Embuemo might play. Tony's obviously still there, and these are the kind of players that cause Wolves a lot of problems. And that's really going to be the biggest challenge for them on the day. Yeah, um, there'll be a lot of people screaming at their radio or wherever listen to this podcast and saying, "Liam, I understand that, and I understand Lopetegui likes to change it around a bit, but we've just beaten Chelsea one nil." Surely you pick the same team and let them. They've done such a fantastic job. They've earned the right to go and play again. 
They have. Um, the problem is that the manager quite often makes changes, tactical changes, based on how to beat the opposition in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that that philosophy. Um, I don't think you want to chop and change so much that Wolves are going to be unrecognisable. But I think um, if, they, if he sees something that is going to give Wolves an edge tactically, then, he, then he'll make that change. That's probably the right thing to do. Um, that's why I think Quang may get an opportunity, um, particularly against a back five. You're going to want to have wingers who can play in between the lines, wingers who can operate, operate the space in between wing-backs and centre-halves or between the back three themselves. And Huang is very good at doing that. He's very good at coming inside. He's very good at linking with the players uh, centrally and, of course, Cunha, who we expect will start. And I think that, provided Huang's fit to start, he's obviously fit to be in the squad, but he's fit to start a game now. I think that feels like it's a pretty... Uh, likely scenario, particularly as I say, Lopetegui likes Wang a lot, and I think if he gets the chance to play him, he will sooner rather than later. Um, and on this particular game, I think it, it's got a chance of working. I was going to take the predictions away from you, Liam, but uh, I feel sorry for you after your your week in the um, in the old hospital and uh, being sick and injured and, and hurting. So I'm going to give you one more chance to deliver after your two-one Chelsea win prediction last week. Uh, we'll say no more about that. I don't want to bring that up again. Um, so I'm going to say Wolverhampton Wanderers 2. Massive win. Brentford 1. They're close to safety, baby. 2-1 Wolves win. Keno, the floor is yours for the prize, which is £66 of Wolves merchandise. It's very specific. I know. <laughs> Just came up with it then. I'll go to make four. sure the finance is okay. Yeah, so, exactly. I'll go pounds. for mm-hmm. Wolves yeah. one, yeah. Brentford. <laughs> oh God, he's <laughs> <laughs> the timing's perfect. Oh, I can't. Go on. Brentford, one, Brentford, nil. Hey, you changed that. You changed that, didn't you? No, I promise you. Didn't you? No. Two one nil wins. Two back to back one nil wins at home. And safety on the horizon. Oh, wouldn't that be beautiful? That would wouldn't feel that good. Be beautiful, and the great. You know what? You know what's fantastic about last weekend as well. Wolves beating Chelsea. Albion had two cracking results. Oh, stuffed, stuffed at Rotherham, and then come beat QPR at home. Great <laughs> results. Great <laughs> results. Oh mate, I hope you're right. I hope you return with a win. Because um, if not, then um, you know they're going to have their they're going to have their pitchforks outside your your house in Warwick, mate. So they're going to be wanting you out. They're going to be having Bez on the throne, but uh, I think I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win, and they're going to just put banish any thoughts of the dreaded R word. Um, but before I leave, make sure, and I'll say it again, you subscribe to the Wolves newsletter, Express and Style Wolves newsletter. Make sure you subscribe. We'll know on Sunday whether the news is coming out Monday or Tuesday, so we'll let you know, and we'll remind you again. But once you listen to this podcast now, subscribe to the Wolves newsletter. From me, from Keno, have a great weekend. We will both see you the Dream Team Returns at Mullingwood on Saturday. Take care, have a great we weekend. Are in all and black. You better retreat, cause we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton, we're on.